Gentlemen, welcome back, or if it's your first time, welcome to The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. This episode is brought to you by the Facebook group, The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. Unfiltered Entrepreneur is a community for entrepreneurs or solopreneurs who want to connect with others like you who are building something great and creating the life they want. So go check it out if you get a chance. I'm there I'm pretty active, so love to hear your ideas and learn more about you and see how I can help. So check it out, the Unfiltered Entrepreneur Facebook group. So today I have a very special guest with me, and her name is Natalie Puglisi. It's my wife. I've been trying to get her on for shit. Months. Months, at least months, if not a year. <laughs> and she's just so goddamn busy, I can never get her on here. So finally, we get her on tonight, and we have some... Crazy I, Friday night. Crazy. Crazy Friday night. We just got back from a movie in the park, Cars 3, and we've been doing this every Friday night. As you guys know, because I've talked about this probably a 100 million times, but I basically work in LA and Natalie and I live in Santa Barbara and I travel down to LA early Monday morning, sometimes Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And I don't come back until usually pretty late Thursday evening. So on Fridays I work remotely and then on Friday nights we've been doing this thing. They've been they've got going on for the whole month and it's like a movie in the park. Our daughter Kinley who's three, I've talked about her a bunch. She absolutely loves it. So it gets us out of the fucking house. Yeah. That we always seem to be stuck in on the weekends. I like it. I'm Much such a homebody. <laughs> I know you are, but I am definitely not. Poor Chris crawls. He just crawls to get out of this house. Uh, and it's Kin- the most frustrating fucking thing ever. Kinley and I like to be home and chill. Yeah. Kinley actually is turning into a <laughs> she's homebody. She's a homebody. She's, Dude, she's always been. What do you mean she's turned into one? She's always kind of been one. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. She's like, I just want to go home. I pick her up from school on Fridays. And for instance, today, and we call it a daddy daughter date. It's like the best thing. It's the best part of my entire week is when I get home, I'm like, daddy daughter date. And I roll up to school and she's like, dada, we call it daddy daughter date. And she tells everyone at school all all day long. long. (laughs) All the teachers know. It's fucking awesome. It's the best feeling in the world, especially after being down there for the whole week and not seeing you guys. And I'm like missing you guys desperately. And then I finally get home and. You know, it's such like a warm welcome. It's so, it's just so awesome. So she does that. And then today we go out and we get some, she wants to go to Froyo, frozen yogurt. She wants four toppings every single time without fail. Yep. Same four toppings. Sometimes we'll venture out and try something new. She actually tried like cookie dough (coughs) crumbles and some weird vanilla cookie today on top of her Froyo. Not a girl. She told me, don't tell mama. Yeah, That's I'm not. I I'm like very anti. You're completely opposite. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very anti sweets. When I get my limited time with her, it's no holds barred. We just go out. Oh, fucking, they go nuts. We go, it's like Vegas for, for a toddler. And she knows it. That's probably why she looks forward to Daddy Daughter Day so much. It's not. Be, it's just she wants <laughs> to fucking eat sweets. <laughs> she knows that you'll do whatever she yeah. wants. Anybody could be like, we're going to Daddy Daughter Day. and take but her to Froyo, she, and it'll be the best thing ever. But today she just wanted to come home after Froyo. Yeah. She did. That's what I'm saying. She is a homebody at heart because today we went to Froyo. We're driving off. I'm going, do you want to go shopping on State Street? State Street's a main like shopping strip on, in Santa Barbara. Do you want to go to the pier? Do you want to go to the beach? First, she's like, yeah, beach. Yeah, shopping. We get in the car. We start driving. Dad, Dad, I want to go home. I'll go home and take a break. <laughs> she goes, I want to go home and take a break. <laughs> she's like. I say, you want to take a break? She's did like you? an 80 year old woman yeah. in like a three year old body. Like, did body. you have a, a hard day at school? Yeah. It's rugged for yeah. that child. Yeah. She lives a very, very rough life. That one. I know. She really, really does. I'm, I feel really bad for her. But anyway, so one of the things that 
we wanted to talk about, because I'm on here all the time, whether it's on the podcast or I'm writing blog articles and doing Instagram posts about it, but I probably post about this or write about this at least once or twice a week, is about the commitment, the sacrifice, the commitment, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything that you're giving up to pursue your vision. And we'll talk more about vision a little bit later, I think. I'm sure it'll morph into that. But, you know, I talk about it all the time. If you guys have seen me on Instagram, at Chris.Puglisi, by the way, just in case you haven't, go check it out. So, but at least once twice a week, I'm talking about this, like, the the sacrifices and how hard it is to be away. And when I'm home, I have such limited time. I wrote a post not too long ago about not unpacking my suitcase for two years now. Almost two years. Almost two fucking years. I've been living out of my fucking suitcase. And I literally leave Sunday night, early Monday morning, come back Thursday night. I'm home Friday, Saturday. And then I either leave again Sunday or early Monday morning. So it's like taking a few things out, washing them. But I live on my suitcase. It doesn't make any fucking sense to unpack, right? Because I got to pack it all back up. Yeah. Right? So it's been a very long time. And I'm at kind of the breaking point. We've, I think, gone through some real, real legit challenges. In the beginning, we were at this weird stage and are, you know, trying to make this work. And it was really, really tough. We got into some tough times being away like that. I was getting jealous of missing out on Ken's, you know, activities and her growth and this and that. And I felt like I was making more of a sacrifice. And then I realized, no, it's not, that's not the fucking case at all. It's, you know, it's equally hard, if not harder for you, because you're at home taking care of a one and a half year old, two year old, three year old, and everything else that you're juggling and then I'm away, and it makes it, I think, even more difficult to manage all of that. Not only that, but emotionally. <coughs> Kinley's at the point now where she's like, you know, I try to leave on Sunday night, and she's like, Dad, Dad, don't go. Don't go Sony. I work down at Sony Pictures down in, in Culver City. But talk about, like, what you've gone through. Well, I, I think what's important is because I think as an entrepreneur – Entrepreneurs tend to kind of like own a bunch of things, right? Like, on, especially this day and age, like entrepreneurs used to be small business owners and it was just kind of like this thing. And now entrepreneurs are like everything, right? Like restaurateurs and techies and, you know, business coaches and whatever. And entrepreneurs tend to own things, right? Like they, it's like you're owning the commitment and you're owning the sacrifice. And I think a large part of the time, People don't realize that there's, not that I'm comparing myself to this, but there's a Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. You know, there's like family members, friends, spouses, other relationships that you have in your life that are affected by the commitment that you're making. And you're not just the only one making the commitment and the sacrifice, but your family's making the commitment and the sacrifice as well. Mm. And I think that's an important thing that we wanted to talk about tonight and we wanted to highlight. Yeah. So I think for me, I mean, I've mentioned this like a million times. I knew what I was getting myself into when I married you. Like I knew that you were an entrepreneur. I knew that you were going to have this part of who you are and that it was forever going to be your identity or part of your identity. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I kind of knew that this was going to be a commitment that we were going to have to take forever and not just the travel, the travel's a relatively new thing, but always, you're always going to have that strive to do your own thing. It's a little bit different for me because I I know that about you and I support that about you and I'm not entering this relationship blind. Yeah. Um, I think if you're with someone for a while and then all of a sudden they decide, Oh, I want to start this business and I'm going to quit my job and start this. And that's, that's a little bit different of a commitment. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, I've always known that about you and I've always supported that. And, you know, so that, that part of it is easy for me, which sounds, I think for some people that don't get that, it sounds a little crazy when I'm like, my husband's going to do X, Y, Z. And I just say it's so like matter of fact. Yeah. I mean, cause I've, I've put us in these, I mean, I'll just be completely fucking transparent, but I've put us in these 
precarious situations financially by taking yeah. tremendous risks sure. time and time again. But at the same time, we've also seen, you know, the first year and a half of Kenley's life, I was working, you know, I wasn't on a full-time consulting gig, you know, having to go to LA every day and this and that, yeah, or a main consulting gig, but I was home and I was super helpful and participating in our life, you know, with Kinley. I can't imagine having gone through that newborn phase without you in that role. Because yeah. it, you were equally as much up and taking care of her in the middle of the night as I was. Right. And now I'm not. And it's it's difficult now. It's, yeah. it's really a struggle. I mean, there's times when, you know, I'm teary-eyed because I miss you and you know, my daughter so much and it's really, really, really tough. And it's like, we know why we're doing it. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're after creating, you know, or, or making our, our, our vision of our ideal life a reality and we know what it takes. And I think even when we got married, you knew what you were getting into. I mean, I think our first fucking trip was like out to Hawaii a few weeks in or a month in to go to a trade to show, to to a trade show <laughs> <laughs> that I was, you know, uh, had a, a booth at and whatnot. And, and, the, well, and that's when I had just started my own law firm. So right. for me, it was easy to take the time off. So that was like, and, but for the both of us do having been able to just pick up and go do that was yeah. part of our vision. So I think that's an important thing that you're bringing up is that, you know, in a relationship, family, marriage, you know, friendship to a certain degree or just any type of like committed relationship, I think it's important that you and your partner are on the same page as to what your what kind of life you want to create. Yeah. And I know I mean, that I know that you're the entrepreneur, you're the one that's out there doing the sacrifice of the travel, but we have to both be on the same page because if you weren't making this commitment to go do it and if I wasn't at home taking care of her if I was like brewing and like super fucking pissed off while you were down there and then you came home and I was like a crazy bitch this relationship wouldn't work no it definitely would have you know so I think first and foremost you have to be on the same page as your you totally totally have to and it's not an easy page no, you By have any to, stretch of the imagination, right. it's not an easy page. And I think the, a, a second point, not just being on the same page, but you also have to honor each other in what you're doing. I mean, I think when you, when you first started your travel, when you were really in the thick of it in the very beginning, we had this silent battle going on whenever you were away. It was like, who was suffering more, right? Like, totally. you like, oh, yeah. I'm missing kin and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm essentially a single mom at home. And if I have to get up in the middle of the night with her, it's just me. And I don't just take care. Let me just mention that I don't just take care of our daughter. I also have a full-time job. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, anyways, but I, but we played this, this game initially where it was almost like we wanted like the validation came for who was suffering more in whatever situation we were in. Yeah. And we quickly learned that that's not what's going to work. What works is supporting each other in the roles of honoring the sacrifices that we're making. Yeah. So, you know, it's not just about being on the same page because that's, that can essentially be an easy thing. Right. But it's also about taking the time to really acknowledge what the other one's doing and and acknowledge their role in making this work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I couldn't be with anybody else. Or I couldn't be with anybody who hasn't, you know, shown the same amount of support um, and appreciation for, you know, what I do. And I think equally, too, you know, we both understand we got to a point eventually where we both really understood each other's sacrifice that in our roles in our roles and you know i mean ever since you know our first biggest endeavor where we took out a bunch of money we opened our technology incubator um you know it was like i knew at that moment that you were the girl for me <laughs> <laughs> like i was like we were already married so I yeah, that's that true did. that's true but you know there's a little <laughs> trial period anyway so what you, you got a year right is that what the thing is you get an old I or whatever guess, like, like, so you know anyway 
It was a trial period. So, but I, I, I knew right there and I was like, holy shit, you know, she's not questioning me. She's super supportive. And you've been so supportive of everything that I've done along the way. And I've had a tremendous amount of failures, but I've also had some really good successes. I've, yeah. I've you know, the, the, the lifestyle that we've created right now is, is great. You know, and we're it's only looking better and better because of the sacrifices commitment that we're making. But right. it truly is essential if you're with a partner that you are you do understand and you do <coughs> appreciate each other's role. And, and you could both be entrepreneurs. You could be both be making these sacrifices. But it's getting to that point of of um, being able to you have the respect for each other. You understand the sacrifices that are being made, you support each other and this and that. I mean, that's not an easy point to get to in a lot of cases, but for us, to be honest with you, like through it all, I think given the lifestyle we live and given what I do and what you do, I think we've struck a very good balance and we're both, you know, working towards the same kind of life vision. Yeah. (coughs) And we understand what it takes to get there. Excuse me. So I think that's absolutely awesome. Um, so, you know, I think, I think what, it, what it comes down to is as far as, you know, our work-life balance, there was, there was a huge, huge point of contention in our relationship when I would come home and before we got to the point where we worked through all this shit – I would come home on a Thursday night, sometimes a Friday, and I felt like you were just like, here, you know, right now I'm motioning like here and handing me the baby. Take the baby. Straight arms. Like here. It's all you now. Which every (coughs) mom can relate to. Every mom probably can relate to it. And they should. But Can I get a hell yes, moms? Yeah. But. But I, I understand how that would make you feel. Like you're. It's not welcoming. It's about it's about balance. Yeah. Well, I hate to sound so cliche, but it really is about communication. Mm-hmm. It really is about just saying, "Hey, totally. this is how I'm feeling. This is how this is making me feel," rather than you know being resentful and not having those conversations. And and not only it's not only just about like the communication, but the welcoming of that communication. We've always had this thing with the two of us. Um, this game that we used to play, we, we haven't played in a while, but actually only because our communication is really good right now. Mm. But um, where we would, uh, you know, every now and then we would um, say three things that we loved about each other at the moment and then three things that were kind of driving us a little bit crazy about the other person. And it was just, and that's what we did initially in the beginning of our of our marriage and it was just a way for us to communicate and sometimes it was like stupid shit like I was like I hate that you don't pick up the dog poop or whatever yeah it could be stupid shit but it was but it was communication and the the reason why it was so helpful was because it opened up that line of communication it opened up a way for us to tell each other not just the wonderful things but the things that were driving us crazy too I think that people get into these patterns on either end of bitch 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 or not bitch, 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 but just not say anything. Yeah. Or they get in this other pattern of, you know, just saying all these things that this person's doing. And, like, you need to have the communication on both ends. You need to equally balance what you're complaining about with what you love that they're doing. And, anyways, my point is that communication is essentially key, but not just vocalizing but also receiving that communication and yeah. understanding. Yeah. 100%. And so you know that's been that's been you know the crutch of of getting us through it. Yeah, 100%. So one of the other things I think that I was that attracted me to you and actually made selfishly made me feel Kind of good because I feel like I take oh, par- I know. I know partial going. responsibility. <laughs> Is that a good lead-in? I know where you're going. Yeah. You go, boy. <laughs> that was a good lead-in, though. It was right? a good lead-in. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, is how far that you've come 
since we got married, was it four or five years now? I don't, I don't know. It's fucking four yeah, years, something like that, right? Between four and five years, and it's probably like three. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and uh, but how far you've come in, you know, I, I, what I feel is like a, a shift in your mindset. And I think that was a huge part of My it. My entrepreneurial mindset. Well, your entrepreneurial mindset, but, you know, and now you've taken it to another level and you can talk about all the shit that you're doing now with like manifestation and all that. Cause not, 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 she's very fucking serious about that. So, I mean, you, I mean, you do, you're, you're in it, you're meditating at night, you're meditating in the morning, you're doing, you're reciting shit, you're writing it down, you read every book known i mean we get books arriving here every other day from amazon about you know some sort of meditation manifestation if the title money has mindset money universe or stillness in it then i'm <coughs> reading yeah it. and that's different but i've always been a self-help junkie you let have, me just throw that out i there. haven't seen it i know you haven't seen it no. so for me it's new and yeah. I don't take any credit for that whatsoever. What, I, what I'm referring to is I, I can't help but think that you being a part of this relationship yeah. has opened up your mind a little bit to, you know, basically wanting to create your own thing, whatever that is. And I know you're, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute, but like you, when I met you, you had just started your law firm. It's actually how we met. I was working on, I was doing some odd jobs and shit and designing websites and all that kind of stuff. And I was, it was like, I was just doing all kinds of things on the side. You know, it was a side hustle. Yeah. So, it, I think it was like a month in. Yeah. It's like a side hustle. And I was like, ah, oh, and I met somebody and she introduced me to Natalie and she's like, I need a website for my new law firm. So that's how we hooked up basically. In a household that had a corporate parent and an entrepreneurial parent. So I grew up with, and we were a middle-class family and living in Santa Barbara. So I guess that would make us upper middle-class depending on where you would live. Right. Yeah. No, I, both of my parents were immigrants. They both, if you're from eight mile, it's upper class. I know. No, uh, my mother, uh, was originally from Guatemala and she, um, immigrated over here well she came over here she came to the city college here to study english and that's where she met my father who immigrated over to the u.s from belgium and he came over here when he was about 16 so both of my parents were immigrants my brother and i are first generation american and they both you know could have chosen any path that they wanted to go on my mom ended up being kind of the more corporate parent and my dad ended up being very entrepreneurial and he had a dozen or so businesses growing up that I can remember um he was an inspector he's he was, a unique dude by the way he's a very unique guy he's very inspiring to me um anyway but he um he was always an entrepreneur which allowed him to be Mr. Mr. Mom growing up. So he took care of my brother and I, toted us around to all of our dance and music and sporting events and whatever else we had to, to you know, go to all of our after school activities and took us to school and picked us up and all that stuff. That was always my dad because my mom had the nine to five and my mom initially had a nine to five and went to university um, of San Francisco at the same time. So, um, you know, my mom wasn't around a ton when I was little. I mean, that makes her sound like an absentee mother, which she was not, by the way. She just worked a full-time job. And uh, I'm sorry, it's raining here. That's so random. Oh, my <laughs> God. Totally it's got me raining distracted. in Santa Barbara. It's Santa Barbara. Newsflash. Um, anyways, so, uh, so she worked 9 to 5 and then went to um, university in the evenings. So, um, uh so it was basically my dad and it was always, we would always laugh because my mom would come home after classes and she would wake us up in the middle of the night or like eight or nine or whatever. And, uh, 
she'd say good night, and she would always ask us, what did you guys have for dinner? And we were like, chili dogs. Yeah. <laughs> what are those because things called? Like, those burgers? Uh, your dad still eats them to this day. Um, White Castle burgers or oh, something? Oh, yeah. White, Frozen White Castle we burgers. We didn't have those growing up. We had, you know, like... Spaghetti and chili dogs. Your dad Anyways, eat, is has the worst diet ever, by the way. I know. Thank you. Yes, he does. In uh, any, he's also the skinniest man you'll ever meet, which is the strange, skinniest. Anyways, so my point is that I grew up in a household that had, you know, one entrepreneurial parent, and then we had a parent that was a corporate parent, and so when I was growing up, I knew I always wanted to be an attorney. Um, interestingly enough, my brother always wanted to be a baseball player. Neither one of us ever wavered on what we wanted to be, and we ended up becoming what we always wanted to become. Yeah, so... So, growing up, I always wanted to be an attorney, and I was just very comfortable. I never wanted to open up my own law firm. I never even thought about that. I always wanted to work for somebody else. And the thought of being an entrepreneur always scared the shit out of me. Can I, can I just back up for a second, though? Sure, yeah. Because... I don't think you're doing this any any justice. When you say that you wanted, from when you were probably a relatively little girl, you wanted to be an attorney. Yeah. Your brother wanted to be a professional baseball player. Yeah. You both achieved it. Yeah. You both did it. Yeah. Your brother went on to play professional baseball for the Colorado Rockies. He did. You went on to pass the California bar and open up your own law firm. Yes. And that's exactly what you wanted to do when you were a little girl. Like five, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I just I just wanted to back up because that's pretty impactful. You know, Thanks. you both reached the height, you know, and... We peaked really young. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck happened now? <laughs> what the hell are you doing now? No, I'm just teasing. No, I, you know, for, it's, it's interesting because you, we mentioned just briefly the whole mindset thing and the manifestation thing. And I'm not really going to get into that in this episode because it's, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. But there, there was this confidence in both my brother and I, when we were younger in knowing what we wanted to be and that, that play for me, I didn't realize, but when I was younger, that was a bit of a manifestation, just it literally, you know, when you're like five and you go to school and you like draw a picture and people are like policemen and firemen and blah, blah, blah. My brother and I always said like that that's what we, that's, you know, respectively what we wanted to be. Did I you mean, draw like the lady justice? I, I just, no, I don't know what I drew. I like, <laughs> right? That'd be like, pretty impressive. <laughs> no, but you know, you know, I found photos that my grandmother still had that, you know, as the scales. No, that was like me, you know, like behind a desk or, or some shit. And my brother, was, you know what I mean? But like, that's always what we said we wanted to be. Yeah, and we yeah. never wavered, wavered from that. Yeah. And so it's just, I, again, I'm not going to get into it, but it's for me, I didn't realize that young, but that is, that was my man. That was my early introduction into manifestation. I said, that's what I wanted to be. That's what I wanted to be. We never and wavered. That's what you be. And that's what we be. Yeah. So anyway, so the point being, when I met you a month prior, I opened up my own law firm reluctantly. It wasn't what I wanted to do. It was just the situation that I kind of fell into. And I met you at a point in 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 that time that was kind of a saving grace for me because I, I didn't know anything. I think when you first become an entrepreneur, you really gravitate towards people that have done it a million times over because you're like, there's all these little nuances that you don't know about, right? Like, do I need a business license? Do I need an EIN number? Am I going to be a corporation or should I be an LLC or blah, blah, blah? Do I need a website? Do I need this? How do I find leads? Like, there's all these things that you don't think about. You, you, you're like, okay, I'm gonna. I like got my office, and I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I was like super excited to like fancy up my office the way that I wanted to. I was excited to pay the rent. I like had my. Yeah, own, I was yeah. like super stoked about all that. And then like sitting down at the desk once I unpacked everything, I was like, holy shit. I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You should be super excited when you can pay a $5,000 a month rent here in Santa Barbara. It wasn't $5,000 I mean, a month. It you're, was doing, not, you're doing all right. It was like 600 bucks, but still. Um, anyway, but my point is that I, I 
was very reluctant to do it. And I truthfully, which I don't think I've ever shared this with you, I thought that I was going to do this for months. I thought for me, I was like, I'm just going to like open my own law firm while still applying for jobs. <laughs> I did. I never told you this. That's awesome. I was still applying for jobs. I had like a job what? interview. Yeah. I had a job interview oh. in Santa Clarita with like the public defender's office. So you went in literally at, you created a business, you created your own law firm so you could have a job. Like to pass the time. Right. <laughs> Why like, you look for a, a regular job. Because I'm a fucking hustler. You, That's why. I wasn't I just going to sit on my ass and saying. apply for jobs. I was going to work and build speaking a law of, firm at the Speaking city. of hustler, and I'm going to back <laughs> up again because I think this is important for people to hear. And it's something that I really admire about you. And, you know, you know how much I, I think if you would describe me when you describe me to friends and stuff like that you'll probably say you're a hustler I'm a hustler right I'm yeah. always I'm always working you're not like just a hustler that's like you're like a millennial like I work at a shared office space hustler you're like a Jay-Z hustler like in the sense that like oh. you're busting fucking ass like you're you bust your balls yeah you work like you work more than anyone I've ever met in my whole entire life in terms of like your commitment to what you're doing more than anyone well, yeah, I appreciate that. But I mean, would I, would I, would I want to back up? Sorry, get back to Yeah, yeah, I'm getting back to you. Me. I know, as you're, <laughs> as you're flagging your face down. So what I want to get back to, though, is something that really inspired me, and I think it's worth sharing, um, and it's probably hard to share, but, you know, yes, your brother went on to play professional baseball. We are going back to that, and you went on to become an attorney, but your path to becoming an attorney was not fucking easy, right? No. It was not. And a, a specific thing that happened. Oh, I know where you're going. During that path to becoming yeah. an attorney, I think would have derailed a lot of people. Yeah. And it didn't derail you. It didn't waver you. No. Right? And you stuck to it. You committed. And you kept going. And, you know, I think... It's it's exemplary, and you know I give you a lot of credit. I give you a lot of props for it because it's always really inspired me, and it's not an easy thing to do. But you lost your mother to a long, drawn out, very painful, excruciating, you know, disease. It was a pulmonary disease. Yeah, yeah. and at a very young age. Yeah, she was how old? Oh, she was uh, 48 at the time. 48. and That's how old you're going to be this year. Right. And you were best friends with her. Best friends. Right. And on top of that, you were in law school while this was going on. She yes. got to a point where she had to be transported out to Denver to go to another facility when things got really bad. National Jewish Hospital. I have yep. to give them a huge shout-out because they were amazing. Yeah, definitely. And they took good care of her, and they tried really hard. But, you know, ultimately, you got into situations where you were in law school, you were working two or three jobs at the same time. Your mother was extremely ill mm -hmm. and deteriorating, and mm -hmm. there was no turning back at this point. And Not that we knew that, I right. should say. You didn't know. Well, kind of. But you no. kept the faith, and you, you you guys fought very hard, and so did she. And But you got into situations, you told me, where you would fly from, from Denver back here, land, and the doctor would say, you need to come back right away. Yeah. Multiple times. And you got right back on a flight and went. Yeah. And this is all, and then this is all leading up to the first day that you took the bar which is an excruciating fucking exam. The first, Not only that. The first week. The first week. It's a three-day exam. Thir th it yeah. was a, at the time I took it. It's yeah. a two-day now. Not only that, it's the California bar, which is, from what I've heard, one of the hardest, if not the hardest. Yes. And, I mean, you, you basically found out that, or were there, when she passed away and you took the bar how long after? I took it before. So she, uh, I'll give you a very brief synopsis. So she contracted a rare pulmonary disease called MAC. 
and um, she they transported her out to National Juice Hospital in Denver. Thank God at the time my brother was playing baseball for the Colorado Rockies. Funny how the world just works out like that. Um, and she basically came home for like a half a second. She we my dad and I drove her because she could not fly because she was on oxygen. Mm-hmm. Drove her from Denver back to Santa Barbara so she could watch me get robed and and graduate from law school. And then we drove her back. I mean, she was like that ill. So anyway, um, she was out there for a very long time. She also went to um, the University of Colorado Hospital in Aurora, Colorado, which is just outside of Denver. Um, the only reason why I'm mentioning those two hospitals is because they were amazing. Yeah. Um, and my mom finally said, this was after years, she was like, fuck this, I want to go back home. My mom had, it comes from a very large family, a lot of siblings. I have a lot of tias, one tío, they're amazing. I have a huge family on her side. She just wanted to be with her family. Yeah. So they flew her out. She finally was well enough to f- be flown out. Yeah. And um, she landed in at LAX, immediately got off the plane into an ambulance. Uh, my brother and I were there on a Sunday. Um, and we took her to the hospital. She got settled. Uh, my dad met her there. And then um, that Monday, I went out to Pasadena to take the bar exam. I stayed the night Monday. I took the bar exam Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. In the meantime, I, when I had visited my mom, I said, uh, I can just not take the exam. I mean, keep in mind, it costs you thousands to take the exam. It's not like right, it's like... Right, right. And they only give you... A pass where you can take it again under like extreme circumstances, and the circumstance that my mother was in was not an extreme circumstance, oh, according Jesus. to them. That's fucked up. I had seems, called them. Seems pretty fucking extreme to me. Well, you know, I anyway. So uh, they were like, "You need a doctor, a doctor's note That's from her," cool. and like, anyways. So I had told my mom. I said, "You know what? It's not a big deal. I'll I, I'll study again." And I had studied for over three months for this exam took Mm -hmm. time off work I mean like crazy and uh, I told her I said you know you're home I want to be with you Um, I'm not going to take the exam I'll just take it next time they they offer it twice a year for uh, February and July and she said if you this was on on Sunday she said if you show up tomorrow and you didn't go take the bar exam I'll be really fucking pissed you better go take it and I was like okay so Monday I went to Pasadena. I took the bar exam. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday night after the exam, I drove straight to the hospital in Westminster and saw her, and she was okay. She was, you know, uh, unconscious, but fine. She just was looked tired. It wasn't like they were like, just don't wake her kind of thing. I spent, you know, an hour or so with her, and then I stayed the night at my friend's house, uh, woke up the next morning, got a call from my dad that, she had gone code blue that next day she passed away mm. on Friday. So I took the exam Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. She passed away on Friday. And you understandably didn't pass the first time. I did not pass the first right. time. Understandably. Right. So, yeah. so you then had to dig real fucking deep mm-hmm. to get right back to studying for months. Yeah. And took it again. Took it again. And passed it. Passed it. Yeah. Um, it's funny. when I, the, the group that I was friends with in law school, we all studied for the bar exam together the first time that I took it. And uh, one of the girls, uh, my friend Shani, that lives um, in Montana, mm-hmm. she put the sticker on her laptop when we were studying, and it said, Perseverance. And I looked at her sticker, and I was like, what, what is it? It was like a label, like with the label maker. And yeah. I was like, what is that? And she's like, um, she's like every time, because the bar exam, it, the studying alone is grueling, and then the test is grueling. It's a multiple-day test, so right. it's like insane. Yeah. But studying for that, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to study for a couple hours a day. It's like eight to ten hours a day of studying. So it's 
that alone is a marathon. Yeah. So when I asked her about it, she's like, oh, I just want to remind myself to persevere and take the exam. And I really loved it. I loved that that was like her motto. Yeah. So when I didn't pass the first time and I had to take it again, I put that sticker on my laptop. Yeah, that's awesome. And that was like my only motivation. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's kind of like why I got this tattooed on my arm. This live the life you love, love the life you live. Yeah. You know, it's a constant reminder. Um, so to anyone that passed the bar through all that, you did persevere. Yeah. Obviously, because you attained it. And um, opened up your own lawn practice, not just. So you have a job, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but then after that, shortly after that, we met and things started changing. We got married. I mean, we had a quick courtship and then we got married. We both knew, right? Pretty much right away that we were going to be together. I basically knew the day I, I, like the moment I saw you. Yeah. I was like, uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, likewise. And I, and then. And then we, uh, you know, we got married not too, not too much longer after. We had Kinley, and <coughs> we've gone through some some hard times, I think, with this traveling and all of that. But you know, we definitely consider ourselves a good team. And but you've been like thinking about you're at the point now, and you've been at the point I think for a while of figuring out what. What do I want next? What do I want to design for myself? You know, what do I want to do? You know, you're Kinley's three now. She's getting back. She's getting into school. She's only going one day a week, but maybe it's going to be too soon, whatever. Free up a little more time for you, hopefully. You are working for a group of attorneys now that you do, you know, part time, but it does consume some time, this and that. It's remote, so it's very convenient, but you want to kind of create your own thing. Yeah. And I think. You know, you've got obviously a tremendous amount to offer, but it's like figuring out what that is. And, you know, you went on a path, you went on one path for a while, then another path and, you know, another path. And you've been reading and studying and learning and educating yourself as much as you can with limited time that you have. But like, I love to see that transformation you now about, you know, it's not about necessarily going out and getting a job. It's about, you know, now like creating something for myself where I'm in control. I want to, you know, I have a message to share. I can help people. I can add value and this and that through all my experiences, you know? Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about that, where, <clears throat> where you are and, you know, what, what you in, envision, you know, six months, a year, five years from now and kind of like maybe talk about for a second like the the the, the challenges or the, the obstacles that you see in your way or what's what's holding you back like what wh- where are you right now Ugh. it's a, a it's lot a loaded well, question it's a loaded question well mm-hmm. question series of questions yeah um well first and foremost so i still i you may find this surprising but i still don't really identify myself as an entrepreneur like i just don't only because um i think things and I, and I realize that I am because I've been doing this for so long, but in the same breath, um, you know, there's this shift that happens when you become a parent and I can only speak from the perspective of being a mom because duh. Um, but there's this shift that occurs, you know, you, I, I started off, you know, saying, okay, you could be the stay at home dad. I want to go back and work corporate or for someone else or do whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and then I had her and it was like, you know, and I still feel, although she's challenging, a little bit more challenging now, but you know, I still feel like I just really just want to be around her. Like, I don't want to miss all these little moments, especially having lost my own mother at a very young age. You know, I just, I, I want to experience everything with her. Yeah. And so the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit in me now is is a different, you know, like before it was a, is a, was a reluctancy and out of necessity. And it was more of a, um, 
just kind of doing it until I found something. Now it's more of, I want to do it because I want to spend more time with my family. Right. And I want that freedom. And, you know, it's so funny because I see all these like young kids that are like, I want freedom. And that's why I'm like saying, fuck the nine to five and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I want more freedom in the sense that I just want to spend more time with my family. I don't want like freedom. I want to like be more attached to you and kin. Yeah. But I want a (laughs) job that's going to allow me to do that. And there really isn't a job that allows you. Or a situation that's going to allow you. Right. That's what I mean. There really isn't a job that allows you to do that. There's a creating your own thing that allows you to do that. Right. And especially now, there's this rise of, you know, being able to create something like in so many different avenues than there was before. Like, you know, when we were younger, it was always like a brick and mortar business or you came from money. That was like basically your two choices. Right. And now it's like you could work an MLM. You could, you know, have like an Etsy shop. You could be a blogger. You could be a tech person. You could be a coach. You could be, you know, like there's all these different avenues now, which is wonderful. So, For me, I just want to be able to do this because I want to spend as much time with my family as I possibly can. Yeah. So my challenges right now are a couple things. I clearly spend way too much time in the planning phase. I clearly, I don't, it's like the, um, what's the like hot phrase right now is messy action. Everyone says messy action, do messy action, blah, blah, blah. Which I can understand, but, like, these aren't people that are type A people that are saying, like, just take messy action. Yeah, I've seen these, that. I've seen that out there. It's like it's like this hot phrase right now, messy action. But, and, just, and is I... Is that another way of saying just start where you are? Just yes, start, put just something start, out put there? Just start, put something out there, yeah. Don't let perfectionism hold you back? 100%. Right. Yeah, it's the same, same thing. Same way of saying what I'm saying. Right, totally. Yeah. But, but it's the... Which there is a ton of value in that. But for me, I'm, you guys are all the entrepreneurs that are saying that it's not the type A people that are saying that, you know what I mean? Like, so for me, a challenge is being able to figure out a way to do that in a way that's like comfortable for my type A personality. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's part of. Because I plan and plan and plan and plan. Yeah, that's part of the mindset. That's part of the mind shift, you know, is is literally, you know, I I just talked about this um, shit in the last podcast that I did. And, you know, it's, it's, I found myself doing it too. You know, this, this is new territory for me with podcasting and all of that and my exposure and vulnerability on social media and all of that. And it's like, plan and plan and plan. The coach that I hired. Courtney was telling me, you know, just fucking put some shit out there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's actually what I preach to all the teams and, and entrepreneurs that I work with. Like, don't let being perfect hold you back or trying to make something perfect. Put it out there, create feedback loops and iterate on it and get better and better. Right. But how do you get past that hump? How do you get past the like? Because I don't I, I understand what you're saying and I hear I hear you. Mm hmm. But it's not about the knowing for me. It's about the, the physical response. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can tell me all day and I know it and I hear it and I totally agree with you. Like, everything in me is like, yes to that. Yes to that message. I applaud that message. I back that message. Yeah. But how do you physically take the, the, like, how do you physically make that shift? Well, I think you... I think it's there's a safety in, like, the planning, right? Like, how do you physically get outside of that, that comfort yeah, zone? Yeah, but you can you can plan yourself into... Nothing. Failure. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's the bottom line. The way things are moving these days, you know. But I think the way I would approach it is probably just starting very small. You know? Mm-hmm. Starting with... You know, okay, if you're looking at online coaching, well, start with putting yourself out there on a single platform, trying some different things. You know, it, it does take you really looking inward because putting yourself out there, starting something, taking risk, whatever, it puts you in a very vulnerable position. Yeah, I don't like it's to be a, vulnerable. It's a very, it's a extremely vulnerable position to be in. So I think if, 
you know, if you start small, you know, it helps with that. You're not putting yourself out there too much. And, and, and uh, you know, some people are going to be like, what the fuck is this chick talking about? This sucks, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to take that, internalize it, right? Yes. But, you know, hopefully you get a few people that are like, this is good. I like this. I like what she said. You know, so you're always going to be looking for that validation. But if you start small, you kind of limit your exposure. And you get some of that good validation. You learn from the critics, the haters. Do you mean start small in the sense of your vision or start small in the sense of your audience or both? <coughs> no, I don't think you start small in sense of your vision. I think you just I think starting it. with the right vision is, you know, I hate to say it this way, but that's where it all begins. So your vision, to, you know, basically drives your goals, drives the stuff that you're working on, how you're planning, etc. But but how do you figure out your vision? Because I get very squirrel-brained. Well, let me let me finish the other thought first about you know basically overcoming that vulnerability, and I think it just is something that you really have to look inward. You really have to trust that. You know, and you have to put yourself out there because it's the only only way to do it. I know that's very easy to hear for you and probably a lot of people, but it's not easier to, to, to act on. Um, so that's probably one of the hardest things to do. It's been one of the hardest things for me to do, but I've put myself out there time and time and time and time and time again. Yeah, you're, you're more comfortable with that than yeah, I am. Yeah, 100%. But, you know, it, it just... it. it it is. It's it's a mind shift, you know, and it's making yourself and your work visible. And it's what I coach and teach all my teams all the time is just putting yourself out there, being authentic, you know, making yourself vulnerable. But, you know, get take the feedback. Don't internalize negative feedback. Don't, you know, choose the feedback that you're going to take and the stuff that's more constructive, incorporate that and get better and better, better. You give me feedback all the time. We're constantly bouncing ideas off each other and this and that. Some things I come to you with and you're like, I don't like that at all. (laughs) That sucks. What the fuck are you I don't say that sucks. You're like, you're a fucking asshole. Shut up. (laughs) Like who did this? Can you tell the people that I don't say that? No, you don't say that. I'm just kidding. But you know, You do. You just have to start small and you have to just start and you have to start somewhere and you have to trust in yourself. You have to pump yourself up with the confidence. Now, getting back to the vision, I think that's what drives everything. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to construct your your vision. You know, I mean, as easy as just thinking about it and envisioning, literally sitting back and closing your eyes and thinking about you know, we all daydream and we all dream. So it's like, you know, what do we daydream about? You know, do we daydream about being able to have three homes and spend more time with our family and be physically fit and be completely ripped or whatever, you know, whatever we, whatever that vision is, it's really taking, trying to take that, whether it's creating a business or some personal goals, lifestyle goals, whatever it is, relationship goals. And, you know, envisioning, almost manifesting what you want to be, but putting that down on paper. You know, I like to start with like using Pinterest, just collecting images and quotes of things that, you know, where I want to be, you know, a year out, five years out, whatever, how I, how I envision that. And then I start to break that down and I did a, 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 then you go backwards and then you go backwards, right? You work from that back down. Now it's like, how do I get there? So you start creating your main goals and you break those down and break those down. And you know, I have classes on this and all kinds of stuff, but you know, it's, it, it is, it is a mind shift and it is part manifestation and it is part, you know, mechanics of, of, you know, executing on that vision. But, you know, it's at some point, you know, what I like to do is just choose, you know, choose to go down a path and try something, experiment with it on a small scale with like something that you're passionate about, something you know a lot about. You have a tremendous amount to offer, whether it's in law and business, business management, you know, um, helping people through grief situations, things like that. You know, you have a ton of things. So just start listing those out and finding what are you really passionate about? Because people, um, 
embrace and respond to passion, you know, more than anything else. And, you know, it's finding that thing that really excites you or drives you that you can then turn into something else and you want to be able to add value. You know, you want to add value to people's lives, whether you're creating a product or a service or a coaching business or whatever it is, you want to get that out there and you want to be helpful. And if you do that in an authentic way, that starts to drive it. But you don't have to start with, you know, everything all at once. Start very, very small and test it out and see how it works. And a lot of things aren't going to work out. I can't even tell you how many fucking times I've started shit and backed out of it or started shit and the next big idea came came and this and that. So, you know, you just got to be trying things out in a small scale, gathering the right feedback from the right people. I think it's also important to surround yourself with people that support you and support your vision and support what you're doing because the best thing that you can have is a support group. You know, whether it be friends or family or colleagues or whatever it is, you know, just helping you out and encouraging you and motivating you. And it's, it's a lot of people don't have that. So turn to other sources for that. You know, there's tons of Facebook groups out like, for instance, the unfiltered entrepreneur. But there's tons of other ones out there that are super supportive. You're part of tons of support groups and, you know, boss lady groups and boss this groups and you know, whatever that are super encouraging and telling you go, 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 go. Yeah. You know, you just have to make that decision to go, you know? So, I mean, I can go on and on and on and on about this, but I mean, I think those are the big things and I can show you how I want, but at, at a certain point in time, you just need to make the decision, you know, and you need to just go for it and try something and have the right support group, find something that you're very passionate about and try it out. You know, MVP it, what we call in the quote unquote industry, minimal viable product. Just get something out there that's small, focus on one thing that you're passionate about, that you have the skills and expertise on, and put it out there. Create it, build the product, build the service, spread the message, put the content out, whatever it is, do it on a small scale, get feedback. And then kind of go from there and it'll probably change direction and course and it's a very fluid process, you know, so that would be my advice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Friday night, maybe we... super crazy. Catch a half hour of, now that's almost 11 o'clock at night. You want to watch some reality TV? No, not real. I didn't say reality. I said just regular, just TV, something or a movie something like that what do you like to watch um i don't know i can catch a good documentary maybe we do like the documentary we do like the documentary we also have walking dead the new walking dead the new walking dead oh fuck yeah we're like almost two weeks but are you serious put that shit on i know we're walking dead fans over here you guys thanks for listening to us that was thank you what, guys. An hour and a half conversation. Holy shit! I want to thank my Can lovely, capable, unbelievable. Am I capable? S- supportive. Yes, you're capable of anything. Oh, I should say, say capable of anything. Wife, um, super supportive. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. Does this interview not count as me like kind of putting myself out there it a little? It one hundred percent does. I hope this like no one you. knows that I'm even thinking about like doing my own thing. No, nobody does. Now they Enough will. People are gonna be asking, what the fuck are you gonna do? Like, what the fuck does your wife what do? What is this bitch gonna do next? Like, what does your wife do? Does she just like take care of your kid all day and eat bonbons? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Happy Ladies Friday, and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, my beautiful, lovely, capable, more than capable of anything wife, <laughs> for being my special guest this evening. That and shameless plug, go to Facebook, search for The Unfiltered Entrepreneur, join the Facebook group. Chris has a ton of really great tips and tricks for how to define your goals get to your goals. If you're like me and you kind of want to start something, you're starting something, you have no fucking clue where to start. This man is like your greatest resource. So go to Facebook, search for the group, enter in the group. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. I think that's it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Catch you back here uh, shortly, hopefully. See ya.
right, all right, that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me and listening to the Unfiltered Entrepreneur Podcast. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave me a review. Also, head on over to Facebook and join my Facebook group, The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. You can visit my website at chrispuglisi.com. Hope to see you again here real soon.